Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that today's guest is Kalina. i love chatting with her she is a body confidence coach she helps people from around the world do the work to accept and love their bodies she has designed her own specialized programs to work with adults parents and teens we go into so many incredible things in this interview from her relationship with her body how she used to talk to herself and how she used to talk to her body and how she was really able to shift that for herself and really become a friend to herself and how we can start to shift our relationship with ourselves and with our bodies. We go into how she met her fiance and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this interview. Let's get started.
Awesome. So thank you so much, Kleena, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. So I'd love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Feel free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. <laughs> shit show moments. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, like my I've so I've just finished my 20s not too long ago. I'm 30 now. So I'm technically in the next age range. So I finished my my 20s. Um yeah, my 20s were. I mean, I did a lot of learning in my 20s. Like I had to figure so much shit out because it wasn't just a case of regular 20s. Like you work and you go party. Like I moved country a few times. Like I lived in, so I grew up in Ireland. I lived in the US. I lived in Italy and now I live in France. And then on top of that, I was figuring out all my body image stuff, which led me to becoming a body image coach. But I mean... A lot of it was a shit show. Most of it was self-enforced, like self-created shit showness, to be honest with you, of just like not being able to feel good in myself and not have myself figured out like really my 20s I feel like was the decade of like figuring out who I am and I thought I knew who I was but when I compare myself now to the beginning of my 20s I was so insecure I really cared what other people thought of me I really needed approval especially from my parents and now I don't care like I literally do not care. I don't care what anyone thinks about me. The only person's opinion I care about is my own. And yeah, I'm kind of like a shit show moment. I feel <laughs> so many. I know, I know, I know, I know where I'll start. I know where I'll start. Yeah. So when I was 20, I had to go through this big operation, which was to have my jaw broken and realigned because my teeth didn't close properly. I had like, not like an under or an overbite, but like a a side bite I always have to be different right so I had a side bite um and I had been waiting to get this operation all through my my teens because I felt so insecure about the fact that my jaw went to the side I have nearly no photographs of myself from when I was a teenager it actually wasn't as bad as it sounds regards visually it didn't look like my face was very crooked but I could not like, for example, if I went to bite into a ham sandwich, the bread would be removed, but the ham would still be there. Like there were certain things I really struggled to eat, which was also embarrassing because, you know, you're out with friends and you're like, oh, I can't really eat this, whatever it is. You're struggling to bite into certain things. It was tough. So I had to get that when I was 20. And I had in my head that this was going to be like a magic wand, that having this operation was going to fix everything. And before the operation, I also went on a stupid diet because I had in my head that I'm going to be skinny and I'm going to have my face less crooked and my life will become like this sparkly magical so much better thing like how like on Instagram you see people's lives and it looks so sparkly and magical I was like I'm gonna be one of those people you know I'm I'm gonna evolve into whatever their lives must be so I had the operation healed I had gone on a diet lost lots of weight and I had this like moment where I was looking in the mirror at myself and I wasn't feeling sparkly I wasn't feeling any of that stuff and I was critiquing myself and thinking okay well maybe if I change my hair or maybe if I lost a little bit more weight or maybe and then I just suddenly said okay you know what Kleena shut up I'm sick of you and I was actually spoke to myself and I was like I am so sick of you being so critical of me like I have had my face 
broken and reset. I've got like permanent screws in my face, right? Now I did need to get it not for aesthetic reasons, but still there was the aesthetic element. And then I'd lost all this weight and like denied myself so many experiences and so much cake just so I could try fit into this version of myself I thought I was supposed to be. And I still didn't feel any different. It made no difference. And that was like a moment of when I realized I had created basically a shit show for myself. I had created this whole issue for myself and no one else was telling me that I had to do these things. No one else was telling me that my life would be amazing once I lost weight. It was all self-inflicted. So that was like a massive wake up moment for me. And I think I was 20, I just turned 21 at the time. And I was, I realized I really had to get my shit together because I could not continue living my life like that, where I was just so critical of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you refer to it as a magic wand, because I feel like we all have our own magic wand. Like, it's like when I get that number, when I get the bank account, when I get that job, when I get that partner, like whatever it is, like we all have some magic wand that we're trying to like cast a spell on. And I kind of want you to go deeper into that, like the magic wand. Like, how do we start to recognize we're looking at something as magic wand? Like, how do we start to like have that thought process? Like what? what do you think when like this magic wand comes up for you like how do you set also like the proper expectations for yourself so you don't have that downfall afterwards of realizing there's nothing that's going to be my magic wand like it doesn't exist like kind of want you to go deeper into that oh yeah to me what really made me realize it was reaching the magic thing you know like I actually achieved it and it's I felt no different nothing had changed I was still being a cow to myself (laughs) like I was still being horrible to myself and nothing had changed I didn't feel any different so but for some people their magic whatever it is could be so unrealistic that they might never achieve it or when they do achieve it they're like I don't know 75 and then they realize they've wasted their life chasing this thing so I think the real way to avoid that even is to start having gratitude for what you currently have. Like if I had had gratitude for my body and had really seen that my body was the thing that was keeping me alive, you know, even when I was looking at it and saying, you're not good enough, it didn't say, you know what, Kleena, I'm sick of you. I'm just going to like, you know, stop. My heart's going to stop beating or I'm just going to stop, you know, doing all the functions I'm doing for you. It didn't do that. It, my body kept working for me, but I had no gratitude for it. And I think that's the problem. You know, we can have this idea of, oh, I want such a number in my bank account. But if we don't have gratitude for what we currently have, then that's not going to easily come. And that sparkly feet, like that sparkly light whatever anyone wants to call it for themselves you can achieve that right now without having to achieve the magic wand thing by just having gratitude like you can feel rich now even if you're poor depending on how you perceive the world but you could be someone who's incredibly rich and feel like you're poor it's like when you start working and you actually start putting money into your bank account and you're like oh I got some money but if your mindset is still the same like when you're 30 40 50 60 you'll still feel like a poor student if you keep treating yourself like one and keep living your life that way and that's what I was doing I was treating myself like I wasn't worthy and I wasn't good enough and I had no gratitude for anything and it was when I kind of turned a switch in my head and I was like no you know what I'm going to be grateful for this body I have it's the thing that allows me to experience life and I realized also I had to improve my relationship with myself because the thing is no one tells you this right but the most important relationship you ever have is the one with yourself and it's the only relationship that's going to last your entire life you know partners can come and go they might pass away before you your parents won't be there forever either so it's the only relationship 
relationship that will actually last your lifetime. So you have to decide, is it going to be a good relationship or is it going to be the worst relationship I've ever had? You can choose. So that again, but it, it's gratitude. It all comes down to gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. And like for like all this like body image stuff, when do you think it started for you? It was that day. It was that day. I just was like, I can't. I can't keep doing this. So I, at the time, there was no one, like I became a body confidence coach because it became the thing that I actually needed back then. Because I didn't, there was no one around who was like, oh, I can help you with body image. There was just lots of like nonsense out there about dieting or, you know, crap like that. And that wasn't going to help me. So I started really reevaluating things and I started being nice to the person in the mirror. That's where I started. So it must have been like the day after that, or even a few days later, I, I remember looking at myself and deciding to smile at myself because I realized, and this is something I do with clients all the time, actually, is that I was frowning at myself. Like I was looking at myself like I was the meanest, bitchiest person that existed. Like I was looking at myself like I was criminal, like so bad. And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I look at myself the way I look at my friends? So I started smiling at myself and then I started treating myself the way I treated other people, which was really good. I treated everyone really well, but not myself. So I was like, okay, if I was like seeing my friend right now, what would I do? And I would be like, you know, hey, you look great or, you know, I'm really proud of you or like, oh my God, that thing you did yesterday was amazing. You're you're achieving so much. That's so great. So I'd actually pump myself up and be like, you're great. You're great. Um, And I know some people might listen to that and think it sounds egotistical, but it's not because if you would do it for someone else, you can do it for yourself. And it's it's as realistic to be positive towards yourself as it is to be negative towards yourself. And we all have no problem being negative towards ourselves. So why not be positive? So that's where it started. And then I had to go through... Like it took me a while to get out of the cycle of dieting all the time. I was so used to returning to it. And it's actually like being in a toxic relationship because it's this thing where you really believe that if you go back to the diet, like when you're feeling bad about yourself, that it's going to, again, give you that sparkly life, that your life would be so much better once you're smaller. And it can take a bit of time to kick the habit of being in that relationship and get away from its toxicity, particularly when everyone else in society is telling you that this relationship is so great and you should definitely be taking part in it and you'd feel so good. And it's just a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It takes a lot to walk away from that. So it took me a while to do that. And then over time, I just started to realize that I stopped thinking about my body. Like I actually stopped thinking about it. And before it was consuming me mentally, emotionally, financially too. My body was consuming so much of me. I was thinking about it all the time. Like I couldn't walk down the street without thinking about like are other people looking at me? Are they judging me? Or if I was even out at like a friend's place or out with family, I'd be like, oh my God, like, do you think they noticed if I gained weight or lost weight or blah, blah, blah. And I was never in the moment. And then kind of towards my mid 20s. So, you know, about five years later, I was so liberated from my body. I wasn't thinking about it anymore. And I was becoming like I was my best friend. I was my own best friend and I enjoyed my own company and I liked who I was. I still like who I am. Whereas before I didn't like myself. And I think a lot of people go through that in their 20s where they don't actually really like themselves because they don't see their value and their worth because they think, well, I'll only be 
valuable and worthy once I've achieved the magic wand, right? Like once mm-hmm. I've got the great career, once I've met the partner, once I've got married, once I've had the kids, then I'll be worthy. But again, it comes back to it. You're not going to feel any different because what will happen is you'll achieve your magic wand and then you'll go, oh, okay, well, what's the next thing now? And nothing will change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like curious, like from going to like, you think about your body all the time, like it's constantly on your mind, you're thinking about how the clothes fit, you're thinking about how other people are perceiving you, like, how do you start to detach from that and be like, not think about that anymore? Like, what did that process look like for you? Well, how I did it was, and I remember, I actually have a really distinct memory of this. I was getting the bus in, I was in Dublin city and I was getting the bus home to where my parents live. And um, I watched this girl walk towards me and then past me. And she had like a little bit of a tummy and this gremlin that was living in my head uh, was like, God, she would look so much better if she lost some weight. And I was like, wait, hold on. Who was that? Like, who was that? Who just said that in my head? Where did that come from? Like that girl was gorgeous. She was minding her own business what was that and I realized that I had gotten to this cycle that I hadn't been aware of where I was and a lot of people do this right like I'm not Mm -hmm. the only one a lot of people listen to this and be like oh I know I know what she's talking about but what I was doing was I was looking for the flaws in others to make Mm -hmm. myself feel better so I had noticed someone's perceived flaw as if having a bit of a belly is a flaw but anyway a perceived flaw then I'd go okay well they're not perfect then I would feel momentarily better about my situation but then I would feel worse overall because I thought everyone else was doing the same thing to me was actually me judging myself so I realized that and I was like no I'm not doing this anymore like that that was horrible like I don't like who was that like I don't want to be that person who's looking at other people and saying they'd look better if like that's horrific so I kind of like I think I just said to myself like anytime I do that from now on I'm gonna flip the narrative so anytime that voice appeared it I would then be like no they're this they're this they're this they're this they're this and I would fight that voice until like it was like I had this like horrible bitch inside of me and I just like knocked the microphone out out of her hand and I was like no more I'm not dealing with you anymore I don't like you you're not me this isn't me and that's what I started to do so I noticed that once I stopped judging other people I stopped worrying about other people judging me and I stopped comparing myself to others therefore I didn't worry about other people comparing themselves them comparing me against them or themselves against me and this again is something I now do with clients because I had to go through realizing that I was doing something really horrible. And again, like these are things that like people don't, they don't like to admit that they do these things because it's like they realize it makes them sound horrible. And yeah, it is horrible. <laughs> There's no denying that. It's not very nice behavior, but you don't have to continue that way. Now I don't even notice. Like, I mean, I'll notice if someone has like a really like fabulous outfit or something, I'll be like, damn, that looks so good. But I'm not looking at people and being like, you know, if only they would do this, they'd look better. Or maybe if they, whatever. Not everyone's thinking that way. And the only people who do think that way are the ones who feel really, really bad about themselves. So if for anyone listening to this, if you're currently doing that, it's because you're not feeling good about yourself. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard to swallow that about like, (laughs) the reason why I'm doing this is because there's something unresolved within me that's causing me to outcast this to everyone else. 
And I'm curious, like when you had that realization, what, how did you make yourself feel better? Cause that's kind of hard to like swallow that. Like, this is like something within me, <laughs> you know, like this is work within <laughs> myself that needs to be done. That like either, like sometimes when you like realize that it's like, oh my gosh, like I got a lot of work to do. Like, this is like <laughs> going to be a lot. Like how do you well, talk? I, yeah. Yeah. For me, what happened was, I realized that wasn't me like there was I was like this is not who I am like I am not this person who judges people like this this is something in me that's like my inner critic and we all have an inner critic and it's basically this voice we all have that's there to kind of protect us so it's to warn us against danger and things like that we evolved with this inner voice but it's gone haywire because we don't have that many perceived dangers anymore so it's now become quite this bitchy inner voice that doesn't really benefit us very much but anyway I realized that wasn't me I was like you know when I was a kid I didn't do this before when I didn't when I felt good about my body I did not do this this is something that's developed within me over time and that's when I kind of saw myself separate from this critical voice that's why I didn't feel so bad about myself at the time because I was like this isn't who I am this is just a thought process that's developed in my mind and no one is always right and that includes our own thoughts like just because we think something doesn't mean it's correct it doesn't mean it's right and it doesn't mean that's necessarily who we are it's just this thought that has gotten into the habit of repeating itself so I yeah I disconnected the two that that inner critic she's not me and with some of my clients even like to give her a voice like they usually give her a horrible name or a name I mean not a voice so they'll often give her like a horrible name like Gertrude or something I don't mean to offend anyone called Gertrude I'm sorry (laughs) but they'll give them a name they don't really like or like that their old teacher had that they didn't like something and they'll be like oh yeah like Gertrude said this yesterday and I'd be like, well, what did you say back to Gertrude? And they'll say like, well, I said, that's not true. And I said, this is what's actually true. And Gertrude is the voice that says to you when you look in the mirror, like you don't, you're ugly, you're fat, you're this, you're that. That's Gertrude. That's not you though. And you can tell her to shut up. Like you don't have to take her crap. <laughs> you don't have to listen to her. And like Gertrude for me, like she'll still come out once in a while. But what I now do is if I, if, if I have a, a day where her voice comes out and let's say I, I'm getting ready in the morning and she's like, oh, you would look so much better if you lost weight. I'd be like, get out of here, Gertrude. Like, that's not true. Now, I don't actually call mine Gertrude. I don't I never gave her a name. But anyway, I'll just say I know that's not true. I've evidence that's not true. I've evidence that I'm beautiful. I know I'm beautiful. Get out of here. And I won't even have a bad body image day anymore. Because the second that voice starts up, I've got the tools to tell her to F off and she doesn't come back. So, well, she does every so often, but that's usually because I'm run down, I'm tired, I maybe haven't been minding myself as well as usual. That's usually when she comes back. But yeah, the inner critic is not you. It's a voice within you, but it's not who you are. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Do you, I'm curious, at the beginning, did you do anything in terms of like mirror work or like looking at yourself in the mirror or like standing in front of the mirror or like, just like curious what you did with the mirror, if you did anything with the mirror? Oh yeah, I did a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I did a lot. What I did is basically what I get my clients to do, which is look in the mirror, smile at yourself, say some positive things to yourself. So I would look in the mirror, smile. And like, I mean, anytime I saw myself, like if I saw myself in like a storefront, 
Or if I went to take a photo and you know, when your camera's on the wrong way and you see yourself looking like a thumb (laughs) and still smile at myself. Like I was just always smiling at myself. And there's actually a logic to that too. It's not just for fun. When you force a smile, even if it's like a a really fake forced smile, it releases all those feel-good hormones like serotonin and dopamine. So you actually feel good. And then over time, if you keep doing it, you'll start to associate seeing yourself with feeling good. So even if you forget to smile sometimes, you'll be like, oh, it's me. I always feel good when I see me. And you'll, you'll feel good. So it's, it's just rewiring your brain by smiling at yourself. And it doesn't take any time. It doesn't cost you any money. It's just swapping out a frown for a smile. So smiling at myself. And then I would, now I can't remember what they were and I probably changed them all the time, but I would say really positive things to myself in the mirror. Like I usually had about maybe three at a time and I'd be like, you are gorgeous. You are powerful. You are sexy. Like change all the time. Some it was probably like super embarrassing stuff to be honest with you. But I kept doing it, and and quickly. Like it didn't take too long for me to start being like, yeah. Like I, I would hype myself up in the same way I'd hype up my friends because like I would see my friends and they'd be like, oh, you know, this great thing happened, and I'd be like, yes, you are the best. You are so great. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I would never do that for myself. I would achieve something and I'd be like, okay. (laughs) And give myself nothing. So I I started hyping myself up too. Like I, I would be at home and I'd be like, you know what? I did this thing and it was great. And it was a huge achievement. And I'm so happy with myself. And even just doing those two little things to, to smile at yourself and say positive things to yourself, it completely changes your outlook on life. Like, I don't think I would have done half the stuff I've done without building myself up. Like, I would have never had the confidence to go abroad if I didn't believe in myself. And like, even to move to countries where I didn't speak the languages fluently, I would never have had the confidence to do that or to have done the things I've done in my career or my relationships or anything, I would not have had the confidence to do it. Like old Kleena from 10 years ago, she was like a watered down version of who I am. Like she was a version of me who had really lost herself. So to get yourself back, you do have to be nice to yourself and do that bit of mirror work, even if it feels a bit silly in the beginning. And if it feels silly, that's okay. Blow yourself a kiss, give yourself a wink, do it. At least you'll smile. At least it'll make you laugh a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What do you think is like something like we don't realize about like body image? What do you think are the things that we kind of overlook about it? I think the thing people don't realize is that it impacts every part of your life. Like it's not just how you feel about your body. It it impacts like how you show up in life. For example, your career is going to be highly impacted by your body image because you're going to walk into interviews clearly insecure. You're not going to have the confidence to speak up and say, this was my work or to get up and present it. And instead of being focused on your work, you're always going to be more focused on how you look and be like, oh, I hope no one's judging me as I stand up here giving a talk about this work I did. Like it's going to impact that, right? You're not going to have the confidence in yourself to like push for the for the promotion push for the raise push for the new position same in your relationships if your relationship with yourself is poo every other relationship is going to be bad because your relationship for yourself is like the foundation right so if you don't have a solid foundation and you're trying to build like a romantic relationship relationships of friends family on top of that they're all going to have massive cracks in them and they're all going to be shattering in places because you are so insecure about who you are, you have such a bad foundation, it will pop up everywhere. And like, 
romantic relationships is a it's an easy one to give examples of for example you could go for partners that are really not suitable for you because you don't think you deserve better or then you know it's very common for my clients that they stop being intimate with their partners because they don't like how they look they don't want to be touched by their partners and then it impacts your relationship with your kids because your kids see you having hang-ups and then they develop the same same hang-ups and so on and so forth like it ripples into every part of your life and even the way you talk to people you can actually be making other people feel really bad about their bodies because maybe you're at home and you're like talking about you know oh I need to lose weight or oh you know I was such a pig yesterday I ate whatever or oh I'm so like frumpy and I'm this and I'm that every time we make one negative comment about ourselves it makes everyone else in the room also feel bad because what happens is everyone else's Gertrude suddenly like jumps up and says aha so they feel bad about themselves you don't forget you're supposed to feel bad too and if she's saying that she feels bad and she looks a million times better than you then you must really look bad like you need to take action you need to do something about it so it impacts everything literally everything and I think people just do not understand that that's what's going on I love that you said that because we sometimes I feel like we think about like our body image issues just affect us like it's just like an us issue but no like everyone around us gets affected by it which yeah crazy but like I'd love to go into like having a partner while you're struggling with these issues like how do you navigate that if you're always struggling with like how you look or not wanting them to like see you or like how do you like navigate that type of relationship while you're going through this I think you have to make a choice and you have to decide am I going to continue the rest of my life being in a relationship with someone who thinks I'm wonderful and thinks I'm beautiful and no matter how much they tell me I don't believe them and I'm always going to be coming to them saying I feel this and I feel that and whatever and I'm going to make them responsible for trying to make me feel good about my body and so on and so forth. You have to decide are you actually going to do that or are you going to take responsibility for yourself because when we decide not to take responsibility for ourselves we expect other people to and it was it never has been and never will be your partner's responsibility responsibility to make you feel good about your body. They're never going to be able to do it for you because like like anything if someone says to you like if if I said to you you're purple <laughs> you would laugh that off you'd be like of course I'm not purple cleaner that's ridiculous in the same way that if you don't believe you're beautiful if someone says you're beautiful you're just going to laugh it off and go I, that's not true well I don't feel it anyway well I, I don't think so and it's not just again it's not just about you you're going to make your partner feel bad about their body too because you're going to keep putting them probably through going on diets cutting out sugar <laughs> let's go to the gym when they don't really want to go to the gym at you you're going to put them are you going to put them through a life of that and making their Gertrude come out and start shouting and screaming and then also if you plan to have kids together you are going to pass it on to your kids we pass on our body hang-ups to our kids we got our hang-ups from our parents this is how body image is formed by the narratives that take place at home and the culture we have within our own families around body image it's not just social media magazines blah 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 that's all secondary it's the conversations are happening in our own homes so you have to decide am I gonna keep doing this and actually hurting my partner and hurting my kids or am I gonna take responsibility for myself and say no I'm gonna fix this relationship that is really failing so there's only two choices (laughs) continue on the avenue or actually do something about it Mm -hmm. 
I'm curious, like going to all those different countries in your 20s, like what was that like? Like what was that like experiencing all those different cultures and like? It was good. It was good. It That that also helped me because I, when, I remember when I went to the US, it wasn't that long after I'd had my operation and everything. And I felt so good about myself. And I met all these really interesting people and people from different parts of the world that could speak like multiple languages. And it inspired me so much because again, I was at that point where I was like fixing my relationship with myself. So I met people who were like, yeah, I can speak like three languages, four languages, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that too. I'm going to learn some languages. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it was, I, I really blossomed during that time because I started to realize like, hold on a second. If they can do what I can do it, I can do whatever I want to do. And I didn't have that confidence in myself beforehand. So then um, a while later, I moved to Italy, not speaking Italian. And I was like, I'll learn the language. I'll figure it out. And I did. And then I was like, you know what? Italy is great, but it's not really the country for me. So I moved to France and it was the same. I was like, this is great. This suits me. I've been in France now for five and a half years. I don't plan to leave. I love it here. But I had enough confidence in myself that even though I was arriving in places where I didn't fluently speak the languages, I believed in myself enough to know that I'd be able to survive and I'd be able to do it and that I'd be able to make friends and I'd be able to do these things. And that self-belief is the thing that keeps me going because I know no matter what, I'll always be fine. Like life can throw whatever it wants at me, but I will be fine because I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to find find a way to keep going I'll solve any issues bankrupt me I'll be fine I'll get more money that's all fine I'll always figure it out but that self-belief if I hadn't had it I wouldn't be where I am now I don't know what I'd be doing I'd probably be very sad (laughs) living God knows where and just not really doing much for myself living a very like gray scale version of what my life was supposed to be so yeah it gave me a lot of confidence and what it also taught me was that body image is so stupid because not body image but a society's ideas of bodies and how it should look is so stupid because you go to different countries and everyone has a different idea of how you're supposed to look so it's all just such nonsense you know like in Ireland Ireland's a lot more chill I have to say like you can have like mad colors of hair and do your makeup forever and people alert. They love it, right? And when I went to the US, it was interesting because I, I spent time studying there on a campus and I was I was fascinated because everyone wore the same clothes that were like from the university. So everyone was wearing, I, I went to Missouri University. So everyone was wearing like Missouri University MU, gold and black clothes everywhere. I didn't have any of it because it was expensive. So I was like, okay. So I just arrived wearing my own clothes and I, I was very comfortable sticking out and not fitting in and being there with my funny accent and my whatever. When I went to Italy, everyone, I was in Milan, everyone was into designer stuff. I can't afford a Louis Vuitton bag. That's just not my jam, right? So I didn't fit into that either. And I was okay with it. Then I moved to France and to Paris. And, you know, they really are into like, you know, looking chic and being very slim and being a certain way. And I didn't fit into that either. (laughs) But I never cared. And I felt good about it, actually. I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter if I don't fit into these things. I'm my own person. I've got my own style. And actually, I kind of like sticking out. Like everyone here wears black or navy or quite dull colors and I have like my bright purple coat and all my colors I'm wearing black right now but usually I'm quite colorful and I have all these different colors and I'm just like this like big happy smile on my face and I don't fit into the status quo but I feel comfortable not fitting into it I don't feel like I have to fit it and that's what matters really yeah yeah and what's something you're excited about right now it could be anything 
oh my goodness I have a lot of exciting things happening I'm getting married uh wow. in June <laughs> and I'm in the process of buying a house so I am like adulting oh it's all happening at once I didn't we weren't prepared for it to happen at once but look that's how life goes sometimes so I'm super excited for that me being me again being comfortable going with the different uh we're having a little small wedding in Ireland where my parents are and where I grew up we're just doing our own thing I've cut out a load of the nonsense that comes at weddings we're just doing a chill cool thing it's going to be like a three-day thing with what I call our forever people so our family and our chosen family and it's going to be amazing so I'm super excited and it's been so easy to organize everything's just kind of like fallen into place we didn't have to like worry about anything or stress about it you know I'd be like oh you know I should get a wedding dress and like I tried on one and it was perfect and I was like okay I'm done and same with his suit and everything so that's good I'm excited about that (laughs) how do you meet your partner I met him here actually um so he's from England so it's quite funny that like this Irish English pers- person met each other in Paris that's kind of how life goes um we met through his colleague who was my friend we both went to a rugby game neither of us were really that interested in this rugby game but I went just because my friend was like come on come with me and then he was like okay I'll come too and yeah we met each other um in an Irish bar <laughs> And I, he had arrived and I had been in the toilet or something. And I remember going back to my seat and he was in the middle of talking and he stopped. He couldn't speak. He was like, uh, and just like staring at me. And I was like, wow, this guy really fancies me. Wow. (laughs) And we had this like amazing spark and that was it. So we met each other five years ago now. We've been together five years and a bit. And yeah, that's how we met each other. That's so cute. And what's something you learned from your relationship with him that you hadn't learned in the past from a different relationship? Like what's something that like you really took away from this relationship so far? I deserve the best. (laughs) And I know it sounds crazy, but what I mean by that is like I he treats me so well. He has such respect for me and I him too. And our relationship just is so easy and I think something I really learned from this relationship is that when you go into any relationship you actually you communicate to other people how to treat you and I had like a a long-term relationship when I was younger and he was great he was great that guy like there's I have nothing to critique him on but what I I did realize was that I how do I put it I didn't I should have asked him to treat me better and not ask him. I should have just been like, this is how I'm treated because I didn't know how to set boundaries back then. I didn't know how to lay down law in the way that I do now. And so when I met uh, my partner, it was so easy because I liked who I was and I could say, you know, hey, I'm not comfortable with this. Let's not do that. Or that's not going to work for me or whatever. And I actually taught him how to do the same things. He's really good at setting boundaries now and telling people no, whereas before he hadn't been. So actually something I really learned about this is that the the better I am and feel about myself the better the relationship's going to be and his behavior and my behavior mirror each other you know so I've learned I've learned so much in this relationship about how to actually have a good relationship Mm -hmm. and to be really fulfilled and happy and how to communicate 
and how to you know handle things like the families <laughs> that come alongside being in a relationship and setting boundaries with them and maintaining really healthy avenues of communication and so much like I feel like I've like I've known him now since my mid-20s so when I really figured stuff out I, by my mid-20s I really had stuff figured out and then the last five years I've had I've had that time to put everything into action and be like no this is how I am this is how people are going to treat me this is how I set boundaries this is blah 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 blah. and I can see the difference like when I compare my relationship from when I was younger to this one <laughs> it's so different I was so selfless in the last relationship in a bad way like I was literally willing to give up every part of myself this person and that's not a good thing in a relationship like it's not a good thing to be willing to allow yourself to just disappear because you don't think you're worth holding on to or putting all of their needs first and your needs don't even come into the situation whatsoever none of that's good this selflessness is not good. You need to be a strong, independent person within your relationship. And I I have a lot of thoughts on this, but for me, I think it's so important that you, in order to have a good relationship, you already need to be whole. They will not make you whole. That's a false narrative we're fed in society from watching too many like Disney movies or whatever. When we were kids, they've gotten better since. But this idea that like, I will become fulfilled once I meet the right person no you fulfill yourself and the only way you'll actually find someone who's really like suitable for you is when you're so content in your own life and so happy as you are they will just appear one day in an Irish bar in Paris (laughs) and you'll be like I wasn't expecting this like when I met him I didn't want to meet anyone I had actually no interest in meeting anyone I was so happy in my life I was having such a good time I couldn't have cared less about you know being in a relationship he was the same he'd moved to Paris a few months before me he was having a wonderful time he was like if I meet someone I meet someone whatever so we were both already so happy in ourselves that when we met each other we had no expectation on the other one to complete us we just came together but like you know I really like you you like me let's keep going this is great compared to oh he makes me feel this or she makes me feel that or I feel like I feel like I'm whole now that we're together no that's you're a half version of yourself go sort that out then go start trying to meet people you know Mm -hmm. but you can feel good on your own you don't need a partner yeah and I have a final question for you if you were to go back in time and Mm -hmm. talk to your 20 year old self what would you want to tell her oh my goodness I think I would tell her that's a really tough question because I probably have so many things I think I'd tell her you can fix this and you're going to fix it and you're going to be such a badass And you're going to help other people to be badasses. And you're, you're going to figure this out and you're going to fix it so well that not only are you going to fix yourself, you're going to fix other people's issues with their body image. Mm. So just keep going. Don't stop. Keep going. I think that's what I tell her. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I loved it. <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much for having me. It's been really cool. Awesome. And where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? So you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Kleena underscore the underscore coach and Kleena is spelled C-L-I-O-N-A. The O is decorative. <laughs> and um, my website is cleanaburn.com. So they're, they're the two main places you can find me. And yeah, feel free to reach out to me. And also there's a free body image journal on my website. So people can go to my website and grab that if they'd like it. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. 
I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.